Jory, Jory, Jory. All right, everybody, let's go out there and have a kick-ass show. I walked through the studio. The air was cold, but something about it felt like home. Somehow, and I left my dress there in your green room, and you've still got it hanging up, even now. <laughs> I know it's long gone and there was nothing else I could do. And I forget about you long enough to forget why I needed I do. Down the studio I was there. I remember it all too well. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Good morning. Nah. I don't normally like getting up in the morning, but old Mr. Sun is shining down on me. So you chipped your nail, you stubbed your toe, you lost your phone. Life's a rolling stone on a broken roller coaster. Okay. Scream shit, move on. Throw your hands up, move on. It's all good. Today's good your day. Good morning. Happy November 15th, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the fourth episode of Jordy Radio. Pick number four, my lord. Pick number four. We made it, baby. We are excited about even just the small things like making the fourth episode. Even just excited about the little things like making it to the fourth episode of Jordy Radio. So thank you so much for continuing to hang out with me, listen, and just be along for the ride. You know it means so much. We have a great show for you today. No matter where you're listening from, I think you can get some insight out of today. Before we dive into this phenomenal interview with a dear friend of mine, future Dr. Molly Maloney, it's time to, you know what time it is, baby. It's time to start the day (laughs) the right way. It's the most important meal of the day, and I'm serving it up Jordy's way. Now, today's recipe is truly (laughs) a homemade hit. Not everyone realizes, you know, you can make today's breakfast right here. In the comfort of your own home, baby. That's what we all want. That's what we all need. No need to call DoorDash, okay? <laughs> Delete the app, because it's DeJordi bringing the breakfast this morning. What we have for you, this is so freaking good. We've, like, perfected it. We've made it so many times now that, like, we truly have perfected this at home. So it's amazing. <sighs> Without further ado, I want to introduce my really, really good friend. Ooh, I love you. The breakfast burrito. The breakfast burrito is the true champions of breakfast because A, it's filling, B, it's delicious, and C, it's going to get you in a great mood because it was so good, you're feeling nice and ready to take on the day, you're going to leave the house singing, all right? This is what you're going to need and this makes it for at least two people, no more than three though, so adjust accordingly, okay? You are going to need five eggs. One large sweet potato or potato of your choice. One onion, white or yellow. The meat of your choice, I suggest sausage, but sometimes we have bacon, hey. And the tortillas of your choice. And now don't forget that you're also going to want, you know, the toppings, baby. That's the best part. 
I would suggest something like salsa. I usually put like green verde on mine, guacamole, avocado, some sour cream. Just get sassy with it. Put whatever toppings on that your heart desires, okay? So first, cut up your potato and a bit of onion. Get that nice and sizzling sizzle with the olive oil or butter on the stovetop. And just know that's probably going to take about 20 to 25 minutes to cook. If you're cooking it at like a low to medium, which is what you want. Um, So while those taters are cooking, you're going to want to also cook your meat around the same time. So get that going. And then when you realize there's probably about nine to 10 minutes left for the potatoes, that's when you can start to get your eggs out again. Every freaking time, white or brown, we take all eggs here, okay? Crack them, scramble them. When you're done scrambling them, by that time, the meat and the sausage will be ready. Get everything nice and together like like a nice little buffet, baby. Then, this is the order that I layer, but not everyone has to layer this way. Tortilla, obviously. I do my uh, avocado slash guac on that layer as well. I layer the eggs. Then I layer the potatoes, then I layer the meat, and then my green salsa. And bada bing, bada boom, you'll never be the same. Cut from the same fabric as Zeus's toga thing. You got the power of a god, and baby girl, that lightning stings. Right, fucking mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, three two, one. All right, everybody. I'm sitting down with actually one of my favorite people who we don't chat all the time, but when we do chat, you know, it's just a good freaking time, good conversation. So that's why I wanted to have Molly on. I've known her for about 11 years. We met in high school and then fortunately went to college together. And now we're sitting here today, a little bit more grown than we were back then. She is pursuing this career that she's the only one that I know doing this. And that's why I wanted to have her on Jordy Radio, because it's just so fascinating to me in a lot of different ways. So welcome, everybody. Molly Maloney. Hi, Mom. Hi, Jordy. <laughs> How are you today? I am doing so well. I'm so happy. Yeah. To be here. yeah, I'm very thankful that you're here. And like, thank you for taking time out of your day. I appreciate it. Absolutely. This is my favorite topic. So any excuse yeah. to is good. Yeah. Okay, so like I said, she's studying to be a clinical psychologist. Mal, can you tell us like where you're studying and and what like the program is? So I'm in my third year of my doctoral program at Midwestern University. Um, For my degree, I'm in an accelerated program. So we do three years of class and then I'm off to internship next year, which is kind of like medical residency. You go somewhere random in the country, do your thing, get trained, and then I will be finally licensed. Wow. So we'll be saying Dr. Molly Maloney. Oh my God, no. But yes! actually, with what I want to do specifically, um, I think there's another eight months of training. Okay. Psychedelic stuff, but okay. yeah, we'll get into cool. it. Okay. So can you just walk us through, you know, like I obviously know where you're from, but like tell us a little bit about your background and like lead us up to the point where you were like, I think I want to be a clinical psychologist. Okay. Well, I actually didn't decide until like five days before I was supposed to take the MCAT. I was like, okay, on well. school track my whole life. So yes, I remember that. Okay. Which like, thank God I would have not. Oh my gosh. But oh my gosh, everything leading up to it. I feel like my whole life has led me up to this because it's, um, I don't know how I want to say this, the role of like 
the person who can hold space for other people and like be with them in their pain. Yeah. That's always been something that I've really been drawn to and that I've um, embodied in all my relationships, whether that be friendships, family relationships, whatever. So yeah. it felt very natural. I was surprised I didn't think about it before because I was like, wait, duh. You're like, come on. You've been doing this your whole life. Now you're just going to get paid for it. Right, right. <laughs> that's, that's the goal, right? Like something yeah, that you exactly. love. And then, yep, yep. Okay. So I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. A little more, a little more knowledge now. Okay. So, you know, obviously we knew each other in high school. We went to college together. You studied, you were still on the med track in college. Yes. I was studying bio and psych and actually, do you want like the full story? Of yeah. Give us, right. People give us the full story. Oh dude. my God. Okay. So <laughs> the whole, and I think I, no one talks about this, but I think you would find this to be common among yeah. most psychologists. Like no one goes in to help people. Sure. There's usually some kind of personal motivation. And gotcha. my personal motivation that I would, was that I was super mentally ill. So I was like, I'm just going to figure my own shit out. And then yeah. do this. great. So like um, the reason I was a psych major in college was also because I wanted to figure my own stuff out. Um, yeah, cool. was not open to asking for help. I was like, I got this. This is fine. sure. Nothing I do works, but it's fine. I got this. <laughs> I'm thriving. <laughs> I need to read more books. Then I'll figure it out. <laughs> but actually that, that is what happened. So yeah okay so we graduated in 2016 i'm like oh god help us <laughs> our tenure reunion is this i i can't molly no no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay um so we graduated from carol and you then you went to denver tell us about denver yeah well actually after carol i went to billings and i worked for a oh, year okay. at this um residential treatment facility which means people live there and it was for teenagers okay and like so meant super mentally not super yeah, like pretty severely mentally ill teenagers. Um, sure. And like teenagers already are a very special. Group it's fucking people. hard. They got a mm -hmm. lot of emotions. It's a very hard time to go through. Yeah, so yep. <laughs> there was all At baseline, it was a lot. But um, we were like super understaffed. And I mm. did not know enough to be like in charge of five children's lives. Got you. Like what does that mean in charge of? Um. So outside of an hour i think they had i don't remember how frequently they had stuff but they had like a couple hours of stuff per day but then outside of that the people like me the behavioral health techs the, side note this is like the only job you can get with a bachelor's in psychology so so like you have your psychology you gotta keep going <laughs> um, but anyways so like, this is like every, the starting point yeah yeah okay. but at this job so outside of their couple hours of stuff they had like we were responsible for getting them places doing group therapy stuff, meeting all their needs, keeping them safe was actually the biggest uh, thing. Because I worked in mm -hmm. the area of, um, or with the girls who specifically had a lot of self-harm issues. So like sure. okay. we had a lot of really violent stuff happen, a lot of like yeah. really traumatic stuff for me. And I was yeah, like already sure. traumatized coming into this job. So I was like, fuck, this, wow. is, this is a lot. Yeah. And all, my roommates had the same job too. So it was Nice oh god about it but anyways after billings that was a rough time but also so valuable sure sure so much. but i went to i needed to do something with less um like heart involved so i yeah. went to be a research assistant at the university of colorado med school okay. and there i was doing um head and neck i wasn't doing it i was assisting <laughs> the research and it was fun because i got to interact with a lot of patients and like get their tongue chunks from surgery and taking the lab and do lab stuff to them. Whoa. <laughs> it, was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I was there for two years. 
And then um, five days before the MCAT, I decided I didn't want to do this. So and wow. I was so mad, but I, well, actually remember Hannah Smith from high school? Yeah, of course. So I had talked to her that summer about her degree and I was like, what do you mean you can do what, what was she studying? She had the same degree. She's on okay. Right now. Yeah. Okay. But she, t- she put me onto this and I was like, holy shit. So I researched it for like a week and I was like, okay, I'll do it. And wow. then it was like a two month turnaround to find schools, take the GRE, um, do that. Sure. Sure. Okay. So how many schools did you apply to? Applied. I meant to apply to like 12, just with the way I managed my time. I got about six in. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah. And then um, I got interviews at a few. I got into two and it was between here and Philadelphia. And I don't want to live yeah. in the city. Also, I have family here. So yeah, oh, that helps. I just got to be nearer to nature. Turns out it's a desert here. Who'd have found? But, um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So tell us, I guess, about Denver. Denver. What about Denver? So you move from Billings to Denver and oh, like yeah. how the transition I did not know a soul there. So for the first six or eight months, I really had a hard time making friends. I love my alone time, but even that was a lot. And like, as we all learned during COVID, isolation does a number on you. Right. I was having my fun, like going and hiking and biking and all that, but it was super lonely. But I just kept putting myself out there, putting myself out there. And eventually- Yeah, you and Eileen hung out a few times, didn't you? yeah. 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 And so that makes me happy. Yeah. But it, it ended up working out and I ended up meeting like a super dear friend. Um, yeah. I actually still talked to a couple of people who I was in there or back there the other weekend visiting people actually. Oh, really? Okay. That's great. Well, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about like the study, I guess, in Denver, like what you were working on. Okay. So I was just the assistant. So the way it worked is there's this department, the department of otolaryngology, which is ears, yeah. nose, and throat just longer version. Okay. That's why you said you were taking the time. Yeah. They were like, I had to practice it so many times before the interview, but there were like 10 of them. And then they pulled their funds to employ a couple assistants. So I was like assisting on, I think like 40 studies, but not a lot of them required a lot of work. Okay. So my main ones, I was just, I really liked the cancer ones. Also, I thought that all the patient contact was cool because it's so boring to do lab stuff all day, but um, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm sure. So I would like, oh my God, I collected so much freaking saliva like my main job was to be saliva collector as I like lick my lips I'm like (laughs) yeah (laughs) very glamorous yeah but there's also a lot of um like research writing I can't do stats I tried to do stats lots of like medical charting just like all the damn paperwork yeah 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 yeah. but it was also super fun because you just got to like get to know the medical residents too there's like a it's a huge med school so just being in that environment you feel like special and smart because you're like totally you are smart. How do you, like, what did you take away from Billings and then your Denver experience that made you feel like you were ready to apply to, like, be a clinical psychologist? Oh, geez. I did not feel ready to apply, but um, I will, I don't get anywhere if I wait till I'm ready. So I just right. I can dive in. I, I just know I can tolerate failure and, like, tolerate the emotions that come with that, which comes with practice. So, like, yeah, into something isn't a big deal because I trust myself to not. Right. Well, I mean, I do spiral, but no, you know, don't. We I, all, I trust myself. Don't we all. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
um, what did I take away from Billings? I, I took away that I needed to get a higher degree because this I just didn't have. I also learned a lot about just like my limitations. Um, yeah. Because I always like want to say yes and always want to take more things on. But sure. learning like when you literally have nothing left to give. Um, That's not good for anybody. It's important. Yeah. Because yeah. I, yeah. And all, I think all of our dynamics have such a weird balance between giving and receiving. And if you get too out of balance, things can really go sideways for you for a long yeah. amount of time. So like, yeah, learning the yep. balance of that was a big thing. And all right. So, yep. Go ahead. Oh, what did I take away from Denver? Yeah. Okay, it was so cool. Cause you got to go. I mean, we mostly went around for the free lunches, but there were like amazing talks and grand rounds all day. So I went to psychiatry grand rounds every week. And so I learned like, Oh my gosh, I have to do this. Yeah. Like getting to work with these people and talk to them seems like the best thing ever. I, why was I not thinking of a psychologist being a psychologist at the time? Cause I don't care about right. like chemical experience. I want to talk to them. Totally. So totally. I figured it out eventually. Also, I just had like two bad psychiatrists in a row. So I was mm. like, mm. Yeah. That, that would maybe, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So you get into school and you know, like what were you telling you? Like, did you know, I know right now, you know what you want to do like with your life. Did you know when you were applying to be, to go to school, what like specialty and all of those things you wanted to get into? Um, no, kind of. Kind so of. I went in and I know I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to do trauma work. Okay. Um, I was really interested in like the deep work because I feel like a lot of, and I had been in therapy for a long amount of time. So I like kind of understood the different modalities and like how it was used. So I gotcha. knew that like a lot of like the Western medical model type of therapy treat the symptoms, but they don't treat the cause. Okay. And I really hated that. And also I just didn't like the rhetoric of therapy of like ass- assuming things are good or bad or that you can control your thoughts or trying to control your thoughts or emotions. Like there's another way it's a way, yeah. way. we should talk about that. But, um, yep, yep, yep. yeah. So I knew when I went in that I wanted to do trauma work cause I viewed it as really deep work and you're looking at the cause. And I think right. that anyone can do trauma work. We all carry patterns from our childhood. So I knew I wanted to do that, but I was also really ungrounded when school started cause I just ended a really long relationship. Like gotcha. right when started when right when school started, so I was like in a new place, didn't know a single person, was just belligerently sad. Um, right. Mm, sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's. I mean, it worked out for the best. It really. Right. Was. But um. Perspective. Yeah, but um, I think because it was so stressful, I ended up going into the experience that showed me what I wanted to do um, with a really open mind because I felt like desperate for solutions. And now I have a different relationship to like conceptualizing my experience as a problem that needs a solution. But um, sure. yeah, so I went in wanting to do trauma work, a little bit of interest in sex psychology, just because I think it's fun. And I ended up I getting that. into that over the course of the program. And now I applied to a couple in sex psych internships. So that's exciting. But um, that's okay. Wait, wait, okay. <laughs> like we have to talk about. <laughs> okay we'll get to that like near the end when we're talking about you now okay goodness (laughs) okay Okay, so you knew you wanted to get into a few of these different things but you weren't quite sure so you got in okay I got in everyone's telling us at the start like your mind will change a hundred times don't get tied to anything but I was like you are wrong right okay I was right I stuck to my stuff but even the so there are over like 200 different types of therapy Okay. Um, 
and you can, I mean, there's like a couple main big ones, but you kind of choose what is your own theoretical orientation. So the way you look cool. at people, the way you treat them, the way you look at their problems, that sort of thing. So I found mine right away. It's this um, mindfulness based therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy. It's cool. super cool. You don't, it involves one radical acceptance of your experience and so not labeling anything as good or bad. It just is. And it involves for so many people when they go into therapy, they think, oh, I need to control my emotions. I need to feel different emotions. I need to control my thoughts. Like just think different, just think positive. That shit doesn't work. Like your emotions and your thoughts will continue to be randomly generated okay. forever. You cannot yeah. control them. So with ACT, you don't have to, to know. Them. You just change your relationship, like how you relate to them. And it's very okay. based on a lot of like Eastern tradition of meditation where you kind of take on this role of the observing self to your experience. So you're the one noticing your thoughts and emotions, but you are not them. And with that space that you create, you can have more room to like make a decision to act in line with your values. And I love it because it depathologizes your experience. Like there's nothing bad. There's no problems. Like all of it's important. Even, even if you look to nature, like everything is imperfect in nature. There are cracks in the surface of the earth, right? Stuff all over them. I'm being, not yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> there are imperfections all through nature. Not like you aren't exempt from that. You're a part of nature. This applies to your experience. So like yeah. not conceptualizing anything as a problem. It's you've evolved to feel this, even if it's not adaptive for you right now, which right. with most mental health conditions, like it's not adaptive. Like you can work with it when you don't yeah. view it as good or bad. It just is. Right. It just is. I yeah. like that. And that's actually one of the biggest it's super cool because it doesn't just apply to mental health stuff. Like it works really well with chronic pain too. And a lot of like terminal diagnoses, okay. the acceptance work. So okay. yeah, everything I love, I love what I found. So then I guess, you know, I guess tell us like what kind of classes you've taken over your three years so far and like what you've liked, I guess, or like what, what's the school like been like for this? Oh yeah. Okay. So the difference between a doctor and a master's in, psychology in any psychology field is that a person with a doctorate can do both therapy and assessment. Okay, cool. And master's level clinicians can, gen they can um, provide the assessments, but they can't like do the diagnosing reports or they can do therapy, but they can't do assessment. Gotcha. Anyway, okay. My classes have been in both therapy and assessment. Um, I really don't like assessment because it's like giving someone, it gives you really good data on a person's experience, um, but it's just so structured. Sure. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So right now I actually have a clinical rotation where I'm doing neuropsych assessments for the government, like for lovely, cool. It's I mean I oh. incredible, so I love it. Um, yeah, incredible, but the work is not for me because it's like when someone yeah. applies for a disability with a reason that might cause a neuropsych eval. We do um, interesting. We're like three four hours of testing. So yeah. Oh wow. Okay, that's a lot. It's interesting when there are fakers. Also, I wow. <laughs> have a lot of moral object of uh, uh, objections to working for the government and like gatekeeping resources from people um, oh like you're saying so you're saying that goes on huh no well no but like, <laughs> like the, no, I, from the bottom, <laughs> I don't have any insider details i'm like the bottom run here <laughs> but, um, i'm just saying that like to be a part of a system that i know is like based on yeah inequality and oppression like yeah yeah i'm yeah. ready to be done sure be here i guess totally. if I really, you're doing what you have to dude if i really wanted to i could request a shift but I yeah don't know. yeah I don't with it. 
Well, at least, you know, this is experience and now you know you don't want to do it, you know? So there you go. I mean, I never wanted to work for the government. Right. You're like, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, well, that's a different topic. (laughs) But oh my gosh, I never realized that like you could have bosses that were good and like Mm -hmm. that you like and that you were working for. My mind is blown. It's incredible. That sounds nice. It sounds really nice, actually. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, so now oh. you're in your third year. Yeah, yeah. So tell yes. us what your class is. You asked about the classes. Go yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Okay. So we've taken classes on like how to provide different kinds of therapy. The main three ones are psychodynamic, which is like rooted in Freudian stuff. Um, yeah. Childhood events create patterns in your future. The, yeah. the general concepts are super cool. Um, there's cognitive behavioral therapy, which I hate with all my heart. Um, it's do one you? Oh. Okay. Tell me why you do. Okay. It's one of... I think when done masterfully, you can get to the root cause, but it's one of those just treating the symptoms. And I don't want to say that anyone no, no. benefited from CBT, like your healing is less good mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. less profound. I'm right. just saying that for most people, yeah. of course there are exceptions. Um, for most people, it's not treating the cause. And it also creates this power dynamic in the therapeutic relationship that has led to like measurable harm in marginalized communities. Oh, so like okay. if your therapist is helping you figure out which of your thoughts are logical. Yeah. And let's say your therapist is white and you're a black person experiencing yep. paranoia for yeah. yep. fucking existing in the world. There's been like, actually I discovered this on TikTok, but then I looked it up and it was real. Uh, There's been like a huge increase in diagnosing of psychotic disorders in black populations with CBT therapists. Mm. And I, and this guy in the TikTok was talking about how it's because of this power dynamic and how there, there's like so many cases of patients he's seen where like this person in this power in the upper level of the power dynamic is like telling another person, which of their thoughts are logical and aren't and like pathologizing them when a completely natural reaction to your lived experience. When I was in Seattle, um, I, there was just one day I like woke up and I was like, I can tell I just feel off. I felt off for a minute, like, and not just like, like in my head, like I'm physically off, you know? So I was like, I went, it was going into the doctor and they were like, um, you know, we're just going to get, put you in cognitive behavioral therapy. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like I'll give it a try, you know? Mm-hmm. I kept telling like the therapist as well as my doctor, they're like a co-team together in the same building and everything. Like, I just don't feel well. And they just kept telling me like, this is depression. This is depression. I'm like, no, like I feel sick, you know? And then later when they finally listened to me, I had like an actual like hormone disorder, but I was like, I've been trying to tell you guys that like, it's not just me being a whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I completely can see where you're coming from with that. Oh my gosh. The fight to get your pain taken seriously. No one should have to fight to get their pain taken seriously. I would leave the doctor's office and skip the therapy appointment and tell my therapist, I'm not coming today because you guys won't listen to me, mm-hmm. you know? So I I feel it. And you can imagine like, oh my God. Yeah. And unfortunately, there are a ton of stories like that. I know. pain are being taken seriously. So I don't want anything to do with that totally. reality. And yeah. also, I think the whole point is like guiding people back to their intuition, to the intelligence of their body and like that sort Listen. of thing. So you can't, you can't tell anyone how to think or what to right. do. Like that's not, no amount of school makes you able to do that except right. for, I don't know. I don't like, like the pedestal of it. And what totally. is that I hate about CPT? <laughs> and what was the other thing? <laughs> 
at my list. Let me look at my list. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just such surface level work. And I think that to, to really like do well and really connect with people, you need to be like actively engaging with your own emotional work. Yeah. And it's pretty easy to do CBT because it's super formulaic and structured. You, can, you just apply the template to anyone, no matter if it. Got you. Anyone, there are going to be some CBT therapists out there who are adaptive and who are doing their own emotional work, but. Right, right. But for the most part. Yeah. I feel like yeah. from having eyes, also from being in therapy for a long time, like I have have a bit of a sense of at least what my experience has been with it. Yeah. No, um, you of nailed course. it on the head. When you were saying that, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I will talk shit about CBT <laughs> any day of the week. My future employers where I've applied saying I will do CBT. <laughs> I'm mind open, I'm, open mind I'm open. I would love to find things to love about it because it's so common. Totally. I don't want to hate. Right, right. I don't want to hate in my heart. <laughs> okay, but what is the other classes? Oh, yeah, we had existential therapy, which was cool as hell. Okay. Um, it, like, comes from these, oh, they call them existential givens. They're, like, these underlying themes in life that everyone relates to in different ways. And it's essentially saying that, like, all psychopathology stems from these existential issues like oh my god why can't i not remember <laughs> there's embodiment emotions like death isolation mm-hmm. connection stuff like that so like the deeper mm-hmm. stuff and that yeah. one's cool because like psychodynamic it really focuses on the therapeutic relationship so but we've had okay. classes on assessment um lots on or two on diagnosing god what have i a lot of <laughs> what have i done <laughs> Next quarter is so awesome because we have human sexuality and substance abuse. Oh, that's cool. Good. Yeah. Save the best for last. Concerningly, there are zero classes on eating disorders. The last oh, wow. Almost every female identifying person engages in disordered eating behavior. So I totally to everyone. This oh, that's interesting. Because it's underreported. So. That's okay. Okay. Well, maybe. Okay. That's interesting. I guess yeah. I wouldn't have like thought of that, but I would have assumed it would have be, I mean, they go into diagnosing, but it's still like the main, it's, I think it's, it's a different, it has a lot of different factors that most men, regular mental illnesses do not have. Like there's a lot sure. more that goes into it. Well, I'm like, that's probably why it should be its own course then. Yeah. yeah. I, even, but you can seek out those experiences in your training. So it's not like there's okay, people graduating with no experience. There are plenty of, I just avoided gotcha. them, like those experiences like the flag, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay so now you're in your third year right mm-hmm. and what does this year look like for you so this year so each year we have um it's called a practicum experience where it's like 20 supposed to be around 20 hours a week of um like providing services so last year i was doing therapy for the adult smi population which means um, severely or seriously mentally ill so like those okay. lifetime diagnoses like schizophrenia bipolar Everyone gotcha. with PTSD, substance abuse stuff, the bigger okay. stuff. Um, gotcha. But this year, I'm my practicum is at that neuropsych place I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, okay. But then we have classes, and also, um, there's a lot going on this year. So you had to defend your dissertation proposal okay. by this fall. And, what was um, your dissertation? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, my dissertation is on psychedelics. Um, the actual oh. topic is pretty boring. I just made this survey study because I had to do a research project. I have no big funding from the DEA or ability right. to run a cool big study on psychedelics. So right. the topic doesn't matter, but I essentially did it so that I could spend the time gathering as much information as I could 
on the topic because it's what I want to do in the future. Right. Oh, that's a great excuse to write a freaking book about something. So, because that's what it is, essentially. Um, wow, mommy, that's crazy. Yeah, but my, mine went kind of sideways because my, I, so like your defense is a big deal. You get grilled with questions for two hours about what you've Oh, really? Yeah, and you have like a dissertation committee, but one of my committee members went into emergency surgery and I was defending on the last possible day before the deadline. Okay. I had two years to do this and I waited. That's <laughs> <laughs> classic us, just classic. <laughs> but um, she went into emergency surgery that morning. So I was like, fuck. So I had to, like, I had a bunch of extra work because of that. And then we're also applying to internships right now, which are so time consuming because each, yeah, like 15 to 20 places, but each place needs like, a cover letter, four essays, three rec letters, sometimes a lot. sometimes like reports you write. So it's yeah, a, lot. a lot. It's been a very yeah. busy fall. I haven't had a day off in like oh. two months. And you just had finals, right? Oh yeah. School is like the least of my worries. I Okay. It's like, <laughs> it's like a background nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I have okay. A life to be living and stuff to do. Uh-oh. <laughs> be able to be helping also our classes this year were pretty great because we had like a grief and loss class so like okay. the amount of times i cried monday at 8 a.m in this class oh, but it oh was God. like good it yeah. was like this is yeah like, so mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. And all the papers were like give me a timeline of everything bad that's happened to you unpack it stuff. wow i i love that my kind of paper yeah 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 okay so you just finished finals can you yeah. tell us you know as you head into graduation, like tell us what you're hoping to do, you know, post-graduation, what that looks like. And then aren't you, you said you have another eight months of training after this all, right? Or after the year, the fourth year. Okay. So what I want to do is. What am I saying? (laughs) (laughs) No, you got it. You're spot on. You're spot on. Um, What I want to do is psychedelic assisted psychotherapy, which if you haven't heard of it, I don't know how you haven't. It's been in every big turn on the tv sometimes if you have right right (laughs) wait i don't want to tell people to spend more time on (laughs) right 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 throw your tv away but now you know about it (laughs) so it's essentially giving someone a psychedelic drug which um the ones i'm interested in are called the serotonergic psychedelics um what does that mean like um it's just a term for like the parts of your brain they work on so it's like a specific serotonin receptor there's a bunch of different okay. things are called, but the major thing anyways those details yeah. <laughs> don't need to get into them but um what it is is essentially you're administering someone a psychedelic drug so for this it can include psilocybin which are magic mushrooms lsd or acid um dmt yeah. ayahuasca peyote mescaline so those are the serotonergic um, psychedelics you may have also seen okay. mdma assisted psychotherapy in okay. the news i i'm not a fan but um it is similar ish but sure. essentially it's like you're tripping and you have a therapist with you and they're guiding you through your stuff. Got you. Got you. It is insanely effective. Like it is absurdly effective. The research is so promising. And actually we had like back in the fifties and sixties, a bunch of research was done in this and there were over a thousand research studies with 40,000 patients worth of data published. And the research standards were crazy back then. Like you could do, wow. Anything. We've all heard of the Stanford prison experiment. Like you could do anything in research. Yeah. But um, even though the standards were off, like the research was super compelling. Um, what, like, yeah. what, tell us about it. What was it? What did it say? Um, it's essentially, it essentially said what is being said today, that these things are effective in treating a super wide range of diagnoses. The ones I know of right now are like 
um, major depression, generalized anxiety disorder in specifically autistic adults. It's got the, um, the depression and anxiety associated with terminal illness. PTSD is a big one. I've seen it for migraines. I've seen it for, I wish I had my list. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Almost anything besides um, a psychotic related disorder. I've seen evidence for and well, do you want to know how it works? Yeah, well, of course. Okay. So the reason it works so well, and this is so cool. If you picture your brain like a canyon, like there, and um, I'm operating on the idea that neurons that, oh my God, what is this phrase? Maybe edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I remember. (laughs) Fire together, wire together. So like the way you're thinking every day, even if it's like how to drive a car, how to turn the teapot on, those create neural pathways. And so if you picture your brain like a canyon, those pathways where you're constantly doing stuff are super deep grooves. Sure. Um, and this includes like how you're thinking about yourself, how you're relating to other people, if you feel safe in the world, your behaviors, like all this okay. neural pathways. And essentially what psychedelics do is they raise the floor of the canyon temporarily so you can rewire your shit. Like, right. Yep. Not a clinical term. Rewire your right. shit. Rewire your shit. <laughs> they, they do something called neurogenesis um, broadly. I'm oversimplifying this. And right. And I think that anyone who has dabbled in these substances before can attest um, the environment in which you're in is incredibly important. So because everything is so, let me just say, able to be rewired in those moments, um, your mindset and your setting are honestly the two biggest things that contribute to your experience, even more so than dosage, sure. um, because you're in such a receptive state. 100%. So, yeah. So I, I think a lot of people who have had bad experiences with psychedelics are against this because they had a bad experience themselves but i can just say in a controlled setting with like someone you really trust yeah safe and you're like you're right back and it's a cozy environment like things go very very differently yeah i completely agree i i can't attest molly i can't attest (laughs) um (laughs) okay so oh wait you asked me about god i'm getting so sidetracked you asked me about um the path to get there though yes 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 yes, okay so after this i have a year of internship um, and then I can be licensed. So your fourth year is the internship. Yeah. Okay. For most people, it's their fifth year. But okay. I'm yeah. You did the accelerated. Of course you did angel. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No summers off. That's what they do. Oh no. my God. Actually, it wasn't that bad. Uh, I would be mad if I, if past I, me was looking at current me saying this, <laughs> I would be mad. I feel like future you is going to thank you. Future you know, me like, you, just, you just did it, girl. Yeah. I was suffering. But um, anyways, after that, most people go on to a year of postdoc training, okay. which is kind of like residency as well. I'm seeing if my postdoc can be the eight-month psychedelic training program. Okay. Um, obviously, it's not legal yet. The last projection I saw by MAPS, which is the big organization for psychedelic science, said it wouldn't be recreationally legalized until two, 2035. Something okay. To to, but I'm thinking medically it'll be a lot sooner. And then if this goes sideways, I'm very happy to just do regular trauma therapy, especially like nervous system work and maybe work with um, some people who aren't therapists who work with nervous systems, like chiropractors, body workers, that sort of thing. Sure. That's really powerful for trauma. Or do the currently legal ketamine-assisted psychotherapy. Um, Okay. It's not a psychedelic. It's a dissociative anesthetic. It's a lot of things. But but yeah, I, I could always do that. Okay. So tell us about your fourth year then. Where are you like applying and or what do you want to be doing for that internship year? I'm applying all over. 
I'm not, I cannot work with kids or adolescents. Oh, kids. Uh -huh. it's so and it's like, well, I oh. had that terrible experience. I mean, it was a super bad yeah. But like, the billing just hurts thinking about it, though. I'm that sure. Yeah. In billing. Yeah. And just realizing like how much of your childhood experiences impacts your adulthood pathology. Like I, I just get too mad at the families. It's too much of a sore topic for me. Kids gotcha. are just so vulnerable. Like, yeah, I would, I would be mad all day if I worked with kids. Gotcha. So, okay. But adults and like you make your own choices. Yeah. Fun <laughs> for yourself in this world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I the question again. No. <laughs> okay, so tell us about what you want to do next year. I know oh, early. Yeah. Okay, yep, yep, yep. the places I'm applying. I applied to a pretty wide range of places. I really love working with the SMI population. I feel like some of my favorite people were my patients last year. And so for people who don't know what that means, what does that mean? So the serious or severely mentally ill. So it, and actually, I believe, actually, no, I'm wrong about that. Okay, so it's diagnoses such as schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, bipolar one disorder, um, just super severe mental illness, the chronic sure. lifetime condition. I, okay. I mean, they don't have to be chronic or lifetime, but right, that's another conversation. Okay. <laughs> um, so I applied to a bunch of places like that. Some of them are like inpatient psych units in Brooklyn. Cool. Okay. Wow. One of them's oh my god. One of them's like emergency interventions in LA. Oh, wow. Okay. I, the thing said I would get to ride around in the emergency vehicle and like. I'm sure you'd see some shit. Oh, yeah. And I I just love the, I don't love that someone is in pain, but I love the right. feel of the crisis. Totally. Totally. So, it's like a rush, I'm sure. I did read this thing the other day. So I have ADD um, and that people with ADD are more likely to be like ER docs or like working in oh, crisis or something. Amazing. Like that. Okay. That I feel like it makes sense. My reward system is so broken. I like need. <laughs> <laughs> no but some of them are like university counseling centers the top one i applied to was a sex psych specialty at the university of colorado boulder okay. yeah, because i would love to live in boulder yeah, so beautiful. A, evidently a really strong underground psychedelic community there so I'm okay see what that's about and then um yeah. sex psych has been a thing for me in just in my career and like in the things i've been involved with during school so sure yeah um so all right. So in terms of this Boulder underground, like if you want to continue to pursue what you think you want to pursue, like how does that work if it's not legal? So I just, I don't want to take the risk of doing it illegally. So I will right. not be, but okay. I, I currently, there and are people do that like services like there are. Okay. And they're like, they're like clinical psychologists doing this, like on their own type of a thing. I mean, I would hope they're licensed, but it's right. so unregulated. It's like kind of risky. There's gotcha. actually, this isn't in America, but there's a ton of stories or some of them have been in America about like sh ayahuasca shamans. So ayahuasca is like a really intense type of serotonergic psychedelic ayahuasca shamans though. Um, like engaging in abuse while the people they're supposed to be supervising are tripping. And it's like, a really Oh, that's, messed up that's thing terrible. When you are going to see someone who's not regulated by a licensing board, I think the licensing board has a, a lot of problems and it's not like a structure that I'm devoted to, but sure, it's sure. there for a reason. So when it's right. unregulated, it's, um, there's a lot of sketchy stuff that can happen. And I know there's a okay. lot of great practitioners out there doing great work, but right, 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 right. I'm, I'm sticking to the straight and narrow. I'll just do my trauma therapy until it's time. Totally. The time is coming. I have a hundred percent faith in that. So, I mean... I kind of told you earlier, you know, we both have people in our lives who 
think I'm crazy for maybe have like having, you know, an experience of dabbling in, you know, fuck mushrooms. There we go. And so what do you, (laughs) what do you have to say to like, I know so many people are, and of course I was, I was like, what the fuck? Why would I ever do anything like that? And then I did it. And then it was like, oh, okay. Like, and of course I say that with like, it's, is this an experience that I have only done a handful of times and, but like really have truly benefited from. So like, what do you have to say to the skeptics out there? That's what I want to ask. Oh my gosh. I, oh, I, I mean, obviously I encounter skeptics all the time. Right. Same. Number one, not trying to force the experience on them. Right. I'm going to see you, but um, just, just for those of you who don't know who are skeptics, like what a mushroom experience typically entails. Most people report having feelings like being one with all things, being like merged. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to laugh. You know, of yourself essentially dissolve. It's really great to be in nature in these times because it's like, wow, I'm a part of nature. I'm not separate from it. Do you feel this really deep sense of love and sense of connection? Most people feel a certain amount of awe. Mm -hmm. Yes. What else do they feel? It's like really resonant with what goes down in like non-dualistic religion. So like, um, yeah, essentially the boundaries of the self-dissolving, all encompassing love. Most people who take them don't report it feeling like a high or like they're fucked up or anything like that. It's right. more of like a, I would describe it as like you take it and then you are so present. It's like hyper presence. Yeah. Yep. So it's not like party drugs. I mean, I get that people no. take parties, but it's not like a party right. drug where you're um, yeah. like making decisions that you wouldn't normally, although you're probably having conversations and doing stuff you wouldn't normally do. It's like you're reduced to your purest self, like this, yeah. your essence qualities are what come yeah. out. So knowing that, moving on to the skeptics, um, there are many, many ways to actually get to those feelings and experiences that don't involve drugs. I think that most of us were raised, not directly because of when most of us were born, but there's a ton of anti-psychedelic propaganda that began in the 60s and 70s with the war on drugs. There are so many conspiracy theories about the war on drugs that aren't conspiracy theories at all. I Mm -hmm. I was like citing CIA documents in my dissertation about it. But um, But anyways, there's a lot of like old propaganda about labeling all drugs as bad. We see that they're schedule one substances. But when you look into why they were made made to be schedule one substances, there's no real reason. There was 40,000 patients worth of data saying they had medical use. And like, yeah, we can talk about the difference in research standards, but 40,000. Yeah, I think there were no. Actually, I'm sure about this. There were zero serious adverse effects or deaths as a result of someone being administered psychedelics in research the only death found was in a government experience experiment with psychedelics where the person was given a ton of lsd without their knowledge oh that's terrible yeah so the government doing whatever they wanted yeah right right (laughs) research there are no no big risks and i think that if you're curious about it, it's great to ask someone about it because the risks are so low now if you have a family history of anyone with a psychotic disorder or if you have a predisposition to inherit a bipolar disorder yeah there are more risks but um, sure. for most for most people there are very low risks so just understanding wow. the risks how you've been taught about them and understanding what it feels like and why you would do it and if it's you're interested but you're like i don't want to take a drug there's so many paths there with meditation breath work cold training like there are yeah. many paths to the same truth i love that okay yeah so can you tell us about, you know, because I was thinking about you pretty much the whole time that I watched Nine Perfect Strangers. Oh, my God. I Did many that. people tell you that? 
that no because i I'm not that creepy yet. I'm getting <laughs> No, no, no. I mean that in the in the best way possible. I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have everyone that. everyone who had watched it had contacted me. Like Cuz it's just like that's yeah. the first thing that we've seen like that, you know, and it like Oh my god. Yeah, it was so compelling and stuff, but like I knew that she was coming from a good place the whole time, you know? If only she had heard of informed consent. No. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. So like, can you did misrepresent psychedelics? Did they, I was just going to say, can you yeah. dive into the show and like the reality of what you're studying compared to that? Yeah. So in, I'm not, all of my studying right now has been like trainings that have been outside of school. So none of this has been through school. Do it. Okay. Um, you're yeah. like, this is not sponsored by blank. Oh my God. Yeah. Midwestern <laughs> university. doesn't want to <laughs> My, my dissertation chair is super on board that I picked him for. I love that. Yeah. That's dope. I love that. Anyways, back to the question. How did nine perfect strangers misrepresent psychedelics? Um, yeah. And like, what do you have to say about that? And just your, you know, intermixed with your feelings on everything. I think it was a fun show and that's what mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. But if people are like, this is what psychedelic therapy is, that's not right. it. Um, okay. Great. For one, just the lack of supervision. Like, damn. Oh, God. <laughs> the <laughs> no, amount but, of times you would walk away or something. I'm like, they're tripping balls. Yeah. Okay. So, number one, they, I mean, you are fully knowing what you are opting into when you go through the official means with this. There's no question. There's no uncertainty of what you're going into. You're not like, what's in my cup? Yeah. (laughs) It's not not a secret. And the people guiding you are answering all your questions. If you're feeling anxious, they back off. Like it's a very, you enter into that journey together. It's like a bond of trust. You go in together. I didn't see a lot of that in Nine Perfect Strangers. Also, I mean, it's really hard to represent what most people describe the visual and sensory distortions are like. Um, So it's not usually... Like most people who take them don't report like seeing specific things. Like in that show, they saw a specific person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the little drummer dream or like all those different things. It really is an experience of the sensory distortions are experience of synesthesia. So you can, your senses essentially cross over. um, If that makes sense. Oh my God, this is so interesting. But when you look at a brain scan of someone who's tripping and a brain scan of like a child in the areas of the brain that are talking to each other, they're like almost the exact same. What does that mean? So like, for example, what you're feeling when you're tripping, that's not what kids are feeling all the time, but like there's a lot of similarities specifically in the sensory experience. Interesting. As children age, they go through this um, process called synaptic pruning, where you like, where your brain had all these connections before and it narrows them down to have those deep grooves in the canyon. Yeah. Okay. Before kids go through that, their brain is like connected all over the place in the way adult brains aren't. That's why kids are so creative. Um, if you're so truthful, there's a chance they're seeing something on the wall because all their senses are mixed. This is a huge oversimplification of it, but yeah. I'm sorry, I just spilled my water. So I'm like, one second here. Okay, there we go. Okay, okay. Okay. I've not done any research into like the group hallucination thing. I know most people who undergo ayahuasca ceremonies or who take to higher doses do have reported like group hallucinations, but it's not like if you're going to psychedelic therapy to treat your grief for your son who killed themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not going to be like you're hallucinating your son and talking to him. That was a big thing that I was like, you know, of course, like, I'm just like, does that happen? Like, I don't know much. Was that just the storyline of like the show of like Masha seeing, am I saying Masha? I'm like, (laughs) of, of her seeing her daughter, like, was that a real, that's not a real 
step in life you can get to. Do I sound so silly for thinking that? No, 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 not at all. Not silly at all. But, um, and I don't want to speak for everyone because like, just because it's not been recorded in research or whatever, gotcha. doesn't mean it's not real and someone hasn't experienced that. But in general, right. that's not how it goes. Okay. You're not like seeing discrete objects. be It's like right. a, it's yeah. a whole, it's like everything mashes together. Okay. It's like everything is everything and everything is nothing. Right. That's a lot. <laughs> it's hard to describe. One of yes. the components of it is that it's hard to describe. And that's like a variable picked up in the research is people don't know how to describe it. That's a serious. Like I was literally trying to explain it to my boyfriend last night and I, I stumbled upon it because I was just like, I, I, I can't, I don't know what to say. It's just like yeah. a, like a feeling, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. I found like a goddamn crazy person. <laughs> at all. And I think that you'll find, I mean, recreational use is growing quite a bit, but also like this is growing in the realm of business. There are a ton of psychedelic startups. There are about it. If you are curious about this, go check out Double Blind because they're a, I think they're a fun research for or a fun magazine to like get research about psychedelics for the lay person who doesn't want to read a research study. Gotcha. Right. I don't even want to read a research study. I just, Same. Right. Wants to read a research study. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, this is, like I said earlier, Molly, like you are the only one I know who's even a open to talking about this and B, you're actually like, you're studying this, which is so, again, just fascinating to me. You're, you're like, I'm just proud of you, you know, because it's like, I wouldn't have thought of this for you in high school, but now that we're here, I'm like, this is meant to be, this is perfect. Thank you. I feel like it just makes sense based on who I am. I completely like, agree. Yeah, it's good. It's even just regular, regular therapy just feels like it just makes sense. Yeah. I wish I could transform that into something that's like helpful for other people and how to find what just makes sense. Right. And I think for most people, it's not something you can earn money from. Right. But we got to work. Yeah, we do. We got to pay the bills, unfortunately. So I'm still trying to figure out how to distill that down into something to like give to other people. Have you, know, I, yeah, of course. Yeah. Have you like, are you honest with your like family about like what you want to do or like, what's yeah. that like if oh you don't mind gosh. me asking? Literally yesterday. So I've got family in town right now and I have, my family varies in their levels of like conservativeness, religiosity. Sure. We've got all sorts of, we've got a good mix. But right. one of my um, relatives who I perceive to be more conservative and I know she's super, super religious and in the past it's come up a lot. But um, right. she voiced her support and she was like, oh, I read an article about this the other day. So even oh, wow. when it's associated with these like bigger structures that people trust, such as research, medicine. Yes. yes. That for I mean, that's actually going sideways with all the vaccine stuff. But like right. people <laughs> do trust things like research. Yes, of course. Probably. Right, 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 right. So now that One, it's like legitimate and legal, if this was like 10 years or not, it's not legal, but it's right. criminalized in a lot of places. Right. right. So That's I am, a, I am open about what I want to go into. For some reason, they're so willing to talk about psychedelics, but the, like the gender and sex psychology stuff, they're like, they're, that's a no, no for them. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, can you tell us like big picture, just what, do, what are your life goals for being a clinical psychologist, I guess, because again, you're the only one I know on this cool path and like you you are going to help so many people like just what do you want to get from it all um i'm like hesitant to put specific dreams out there because i mean i have them but just because um 
I want to be like so attuned to the present moment that if I do need to shift my path, I can do so flexibly without being like so attached to a narrative I've assigned wow. to myself. Like structure is still there. Oh, what? I need to learn that from you. It's we'll talk. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, when you like impose a narrative on yourself, you're very stuck in it. But also a lot of people without this far away thing to reach for, they've got like no reason to keep going. Right, right. I I don't know. I just keep going. So yeah. I mean, eventually, right now, given who I am now and how I am now, and mm-hmm. that can shift at any moment, it has been shifting. But given who I am now and how I am now, the dream is to have this like psychedelic retreat center where people could go. And okay. um, where would you like this? Different modalities of people there. So you can get your acupuncture done. Um, cool. I've been doing, oh my God, I've been doing the coolest thing lately. It's called trauma, TRE yoga, like trauma release yoga or tension release yoga. And cool. it essentially, like the premise behind it is that animals don't get PTSD because they have this thing called the neurogenic tremor where they like physically shake off whatever just happened because trauma is in your, or it's a wound to your nervous system essentially. And you get stuck okay. in this state of dysregulation. So, wow. Well, lots of theories on this, but the theories I believe include like you can get stuck in your fight or flight or freeze or fawn, which is like people pleasing. Um, yeah. Essentially, you're supposed to flexibly shift in and out of these all day, and people who are traumatized get more stuck in certain. Gotcha. Okay. Anyways, where is I going with this? Oh, yeah. So the trauma release yoga induces those neurogenic tremors that disrupt the holding patterns in your body. And to be honest, I haven't looked into the research because I want to believe in it and I don't want to. Right. I don't want to hear that it's not real because I think it's wonderful. Gotcha. Okay. But it be it induces those neurogenic tremors in you and disrupts the holding patterns in your body. Um, the way I have cried my eyes out in public at some of these yoga classes, and I'm not the only one. Yeah, good for you. Because it can cause a big emotional release. But I'd love to have that and like all sorts of different practitioners there. Have some good nature, like some good nature out there. Yeah. The garden. This is going to turn into a commune maybe who knows <laughs> we will have a <laughs> that's amazing we will have veggies that's yeah. today between commune and cult is just right 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 sure <laughs> wow no but that's the ultimate dream but i think that if i continue to change and evolve as i am at, like at the rate i am now next year it might be different the next year yeah also i'm just yeah flow well, very, very soon you'll be Dr. Molly Maloney, which is literally outstanding. Who? It is so scary to have this responsibility. I'm like, who let me do this? I would totally I, let you. Who lets, oh, <laughs> who lets any of us do this, though? I know. Right. It's right, like right, right. the weight of it hits me sometimes, and I'm like, fuck. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. But that's, like I said earlier, that's kind of beautiful, though, because it's like you feel, you know, you feel confident and I can like tell that you're like good at what you do, Molly. Oh, and then at the other part, you, you know, it is a big responsibility, but you totally got it in the bag. Thank you. I think that I'm not I'm still learning. I'll say still learning, like how to right. navigate the professional world and like go by the official structure stuff. But the thing I do know for sure is that I'm good at therapy. Yeah. Doing therapy. Like all the yeah. stuff that's around it got a lot to learn. Sure. Um, even like in the places I'm applying, I didn't know how to translate that into like essays. Yeah. But I got, I got confidence in my therapeutic ability. So I'll get where I'm going. I'll figure it out. 100%. Well, Molly, we're rooting for you. Will you keep me updated on just like the, um, not, I almost said commune. 
on the plans for the future and just like everything that you're doing because I absolutely will. Amazing. Yeah. Oh my I'm gosh, the second so proud I'm of you. licensed and doing this, I want everyone to. Mm-hmm. We can do like a live podcast there if you want. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> you're doing exactly what Mosh is doing. Yep, exactly. Oh wait, and- another thing they got wrong. I don't yeah. know why I saw yeah. this. You won't feel like the psychedelics if you take them multiple days in a row. The reason that they're anti-addictive, one of the biggest things they're used for is addiction, is that you like don't feel the same effects multiple days in a row. I mean, obviously, you build up like a a tolerance or how does like, you know, you were there for like 10 days doing this. So like, how does that work? I think that the people who have done it multiple days in a row have ascending doses or they switch their substances. Got you. Got you. Um, Like I think a lot of ayahuasca ceremonies are like three days. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, I could be wrong on that. I don't, okay. I don't know what I'm okay. talking about with ayahuasca. Right. <laughs> I'm research on the mushrooms and the LSD. But um, yeah, so the reason that they're anti-addictive is that they don't have the same effect multiple days. And Masha was just giving them whatever she was giving them multiple days. Right, 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 right. Unless she was like tripling the dose. Totally. That's not okay. Don't cite me on that. It was but, such a good show. If you have not seen it, you guys, you definitely should because it's interesting and it's it's dramatic. It's just great. I bawled my eyes out several, several times. Yeah. I also love that they let Masha just be like a good psychotic female lead. Like I feel like women in, who are mentally ill in the media are often represented in a very narrow way. I completely agree. She was like powerful and she was super not well. And like she was just that right. bad. And that's normally a role that are, is reserved for men. Nicole Kidman's killing it. Oh my god, yeah. She plays the best, like just unhinged. Person. I know, it's great. I'm like, yes. <laughs> As you know it in her crazy eyes. Yeah, yes. I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Molly, thank you, mommy, for taking time out of your day and just like explaining this to us all and like, you know, breaking it down from like a different side that like is, you know, I haven't heard as well. So I just really appreciate it. And I think we can't wait to see what what comes for you. Thank you. I am so excited about this. If anyone ever has any questions about my yeah, 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 please. please where can they Where can they reach out to you? Yeah. Oh. Um. Or like, can they? How? Where can they follow or get a hold of you if they want to chat about this? I am on Instagram as m underscore underscore Maloney. Okay. And I'm trying to. Sometimes I delete it, so if you can't find me, it's because I'm having a phase. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, if if this is something that you're wanting to experience on your own or going to a journey, I have a ton of like free resources on like how to have a good time, harm reduction, what to cool. do if things go south. I got a ton of stuff for you, so feel free to reach out. Um, whether you know me or not, I would love to talk to you about it. Amazing, Molly. Well, thank you so so much for coming on the show. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Now it is time for your new week wisdom. If you saw the size of the blessing coming, you would understand the magnitude of the battle you are fighting. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. If you saw the size of the blessing coming, you would understand the magnitude of the battle you are fighting. I think as we head into this new week, the middle of November, we have a lot going on. We have the holidays coming up. You know, the end of the year is coming up. I know a lot of people that work extremely hard and take that work home with them, as well as just the daily life battles. So as we, again, start this week, just know 
if you're fighting something, if you got something going on, hold on just a little bit longer because you are going to come out on the other side of the valley and you're going to be on the mountaintop so soon. So if you were looking for a sign to keep going, this is it, my friends. Okay, I hope you have a great week. I love you so much. I will see you next week on Jordy Radio. Here I go, ready now. I'm coming for you. Can't nothing stop me. I got some things I gotta do. Hey, hey.